Welcome to issue 187 of the Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Nelson, from Nelson All Over Cars, and joining me is Daniel. Welcome to the lair, sir. <laughs> and Steve. Hi, Nelson. How's it going? Pretty great. Glad, glad to be here. I've yeah. never done an intro for someone else's podcast before, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> oh, you did a great job, too. You did a great job. Well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right. So folks probably know Nelson from his YouTube channel. Um, why don't you give the folks just a quick like explanation of what you'd say you do here in the Marvel <laughs> community? Yeah. So I started live streaming some of my Marvel Champions games about, I don't know, two years ago or so. I had a board game podcast. And at the time, I realized I was just talking about Marvel Champions. And so I started another champ channel. Now I do Marvel Champions, Arkham, Lord of the Rings, all the good uh, FFG LCGs. I'm starting to branch out into more card games, but I, most of my time is spent on Marvel Champions. All right. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. yeah those are three good ones to play. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've watched your channel. You had the developers on recently. That was great. Um, I really enjoyed your Gen Con recap. Some of your, you know, talked about some different cards you were excited for and stuff like that. So, yeah, I got to play that first scenario. And I think by the time this podcast is out, the newly released Next Evolution campaign, which was awesome. Yeah, that should definitely be out by the time this is out. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, folks, should go check your channel out. We'll definitely link it in the show notes if there's somebody still living under a rock and hasn't seen your show. show so. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, I do have a we have a couple Marvel questions we like to ask folks. So I'm going to ask you a couple here. Do you have or who is really who is your favorite villain you'd say in the game? Oh, my favorite villain in the game. Yeah, for whatever, you know, metrics that qualify. Yeah, as favorite. I, I, I have to go back to Hela. I really enjoy Hela. I love Lord of the Rings, the card game, and it feels very similar to like a Lord of the Rings scenario where Hela, you're kind of like experiencing a story you're not necessarily trying to kill hella but you're you know navigating through the the layers of hell to rescue odin and then you're going to then go for the final showdown with hella and i feel like it just tells a really cool story and it's fun to face off all against all those fun big minions along the way steve allow me to yeah. say that we have invited tonight our smartest and bestest guest of all time i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna make a comment mike you hear that he likes hella too <laughs> Uh, uh, um wow great answer nelson because well thank you it's 100 percent correct <laughs> so that's what, yeah. i studied uh, this is the reason i think mike said he couldn't join us tonight yeah all right so then uh, do you have a favorite hero in the game that you like to see lose and get beat up Ooh, a favorite hero in the game that I like to lose and see get beat up. I am always a fan of a encounter set that can put the hurting on Doctor Strange. Nice. If, okay. we, if we can if we can come up with something that Doctor Strange is going to struggle against, that's always exciting for me. All right. Get, watching Doctor Strange get taken down, that's that's a good option. So. <laughs> there are very few villains out there who can do it, but some can give him a run for his money. 
Now, on your on your show, Nelson, do you build villain encounter sets specifically to attempt to thwart the heroes? Uh, yes, I normally am live streaming, and so I have a lot of the people who are watching along with me. A lot mm-hmm. of times, I will choose a villain, and then they'll throw in an encounter set, oh, nice. or they'll choose a villain, and then we'll kind of build the encounter together based on oh, who. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been fun. Get some crazy combos in there which is just <laughs> one of the things i love about the game that i love how community-minded that is of you so wonderful <laughs> super yeah cool. usually usually they uh they're pretty they're pretty mean sometimes they're supposed to be <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right well those are my general questions for you do you have any questions for daniel maybe yeah i do so daniel what yes. is on your mind tonight Nelson, how strange that you would ask. Um, <laughs> let me tell you a couple things. One is, Steve, I should apologize to you for missing so many shows in a row. I got COVID for the first time, and it sucked. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had it. You guys ever had it? Yeah. I have, yes. Um, I found it to be thoroughly unpleasant. It's not I'm, a good time. And I'm still dealing with it. Um, but anyway, but that's just marginally on my mind. What's really on my mind is... Board Game Penguin. Now, Steve, I know you know Board Game Penguin. Yeah, not to be confused with Board Game Lawyer. Lawyer. If different subspecies of board games. not a yeah. penguin. And I don't right. think Penguin is a lawyer, but I don't know. You know, they could be the same person. In any case, you and Mike did a public service for Board Game Penguin. Um, you did a deck assist. Now, I believe this was your first one, right, Steve? Yeah, this was a Patreon uh, tier reward. Yeah, and he took you up on it. Yeah, he actually did. This was it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was he was looking for some help with his Miss Marvel protection deck, oh. which is like Mike's. You know, it's, it's Mike's favorite hero, favorite aspect. Yeah, he. I bet he was yeah. helpful. He was yes. Okay. And uh, he Pe- Penguin has played with it, and he said it worked good, and he had fun. So uh, we didn't oh. like try to tank it so that the villains would win. You know, we, we played it straight for him. So that was nice. Okay. That was nice of you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to link that deck list from Marvel CDB in the show notes too. So folks want to take a look in and uh-huh. check it out. So, well, okay. Well, that leads me to my second thought about board game penguin. If he got a Patreon tier prize as good as that, well, then he must, he probably works in the lair, right? Yeah, he does. He but does. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. He, need, he needs a new job, though, so we got to give him something new, though. Okay. Well, don't we need a villainous bricklayer and masonry apprentice, Steve? Yeah, we definitely do. And, you know, their job is not fixing the first, second, or third wall, but the fourth wall <laughs> when it gets broken. Ah, oh, so, okay. Thanks that's for that, reference. Board Game yeah. Penguin. That's a good <laughs> reference. Okay. All yeah, right. thank you, Board Game Penguin, and thank you to all our patrons. Later on in the show, we'll tell you how you can become one if you want to. Yeah, that deck is, this sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's I get that for free, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, Steve, we're not here to talk about penguins and lawyers and deck assists. We brought no. Nelson here for a reason, did we not? That's right. We're going to do a Shadow of the Past. I think people are starting <gasps> to catch on when we have a guest host. We're doing a Nemesis show. <laughs> and this time it is for Phoenix's Nemesis, the Dark Phoenix. Oh. So, uh, Nelson... Why don't you, uh, we'll, we'll take a seat here at Xavier School for Gifted Mutants, and you can just tell us all about it. 
I can tell you a lot about Jean Grey, who is Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, because kind of the, there's a gradient there, and the lines get blurred every once in a while. But I did a lot of research for this. I am not a comic book reader, but I was fascinated by this backstory. I love the backstories where mm. heroes can turn into villains. I think that is one of the more interesting forms of media, especially like when you can kind of empathize with the villain. I think if a story can get you to do that, then they're doing a really good job. And I think Dark Phoenix hits that nail on the head. Steve, this guy's great. I was going to say, <laughs> that's all the stuff we like, too. So. Oh, perfect. Oh, goodness. So let me tell you about the history of Jean Grey. So she was actually introduced as Marvel Girl as one of the original members in the X-Men of 1963. So a little bit before my time. Um, and then in X-Men uh, issue 100, she, they were like returning from Earth. And she had the like psychic powers at this point. But they were returning from a mission in space. And they encountered some intense solar radiation. The radiation kind of threatened to kill everybody on board their shuttle. And then the autopilot system was damaged. But Jean saved the day using her telepathy and telekinesis, took control of that shuttle, shielded her teammates from radiation while piloting the crash back to Earth. But the immense strain and exposure to all that radiation uh, was kind of beyond her capabilities. And she was critical, critically injured. Radiation in space, that's like what makes the Fantastic Four. So... Okay, I can see. Yeah. No. Yeah, all right. So so after the shuttle crashed into Jamaica Bay, and this, this is important, so note this, uh, Jean emerged from the water as Phoenix. So she basically uh, fused with the Phoenix Force, and the Phoenix Force kind of recognized Jean and chose it her as her its host. And then, like, it basically amplified a lot of her powers, as well as she gained some new abilities. So, like, when she merged with that Phoenix Force... Uh, she kind of got transformed into one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. Um, her abilities were not only magnified, but also diversified. And it kind of came with a loss of control and stability. And so it kind of came out with, with a cost, right? So now she's super powerful, but the Phoenix Force is kind of not good or evil. It's just there to ensure the cycle of life, death, and rebirth throughout the universe. And so it's kind of like sometimes it's described as like the embodiment of like the passion of creation. Um, so the spark that gives life to the universe, the flame, all of that. And it's ultimately going to consume the universe. But when it merges with the human host, it often struggles with human emotions and mortalities. And that's kind of where the conflict arises. And so I just thought that was super freaking cool. That reminds me of someone else, Steve, that kind of merges with the nature thing. Who am I thinking of? Maybe another villain. Who's the guy with all the plants and the vines? Oh, Black Tom Cassidy? <laughs> Me, yeah. Talk, didn't he sort of him. like meld with him yeah, with nature? I, and I, We haven't talked about him yet? No, that was the previews. Oh, maybe there's somebody else. I mean, the, the Magus has this cosmic idea, powers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, and you're right, Nelson. That's a super cool idea. Um, so I take it this this radiation was really the Phoenix Force that they went through? They flew no, through this? No, no. So okay. the way that I understand it at least, and I'm sure I do not understand it correctly, but uh, the way that I understand it is that the radiation was kind of like took the ship, it's like autopilot and all the safety features out. And so at that time, the Phoenix Force kind of saw what Jean was doing and the sacrifice that she was making for her friends and felt that she was a suitable oh. host kind of fused with her which allowed her to one survive that 
the critical injury that she sustained and like helped with that crash. Okay. So it like, it like deemed her worthy or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. The, the Phoenix force cool. is the meal nor of the X-Men. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay, cool, cool. So, so it all starts pretty well. I mean, Jean's using her like insane powers for good. She's helping the X-Men and all these battles and cosmic events. Life is good. Um, and that's cool, but we're not here to talk about Phoenix. We're here to talk about Dark Phoenix. So let's talk about yeah. that transition. So the Hellfire Club targeted Jean, and the Hellfire Club is this criminal organization, uh, targeted Jean for her immense power. So Mastermind who was a member of the club, used like illusions and manipulated her mind, making her believe that she was a descendant aristocrat from the 18th century. And then the illusions appear darker and start like to suppress and like bring out some of those darker desires. And Mm -hmm. that slowly erodes Jean's like sense of self and allows her darker aspects to surface. She becomes the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club, and a plot twist, uh, and then embracing the desires and behaviors completely at odds. So she pretty much doesn't want 80, and this is kind of where Dark Phoenix starts to show up, where that transition from Phoenix to Dark Phoenix. So it's the same person. Okay. Um, we talked about the White Queen recently of the Hellfire Club, so she's the Black Queen. Got she's it. the Black Queen, yeah. So she's still... You know, the X-Men still like her and everything. So the X-Men help kind of pull her out and break free of Mastermind's control. But, you know, kind of a lot of the damage is done. A lot of those barriers that Jean has put up in her mind to kind of protect have kind of of degraded. And the full force of the Phoenix is just kind of taken over her mind. And so her darker aspects, now unrestrained, begin to merge with the Phoenix Force's cosmic power. And so the transformation into Dark Phoenix is finalized when she fully succumbs to her darker side um and then she like kind of starts physically tormenting her family nearly destroys the hellfire club uh she ends up flying into space and then she wants to like needs she needs to exert her newfound power she encounters a star and then the energy that the star is emitting attracts her she absorbs that star and then causes the star to go supernova, which is typically not what you want it to do. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and, and and that you know that would be bad in itself, but it pretty much uh, destroyed and like there's a there's a planet. I'm drawing a blank on the planet's name, but it killed everyone on the planet, which was billions of sentient life. Oh. Um, which yeah, it's not great. It's not it's not a good not a good time for Gene. Um, hey, if you're gonna do it, do it all the way. <laughs> does, does Jean herself know she's doing these things? I I think so. Or are is Phoenix and Dark Phoenix? They're connected enough that they know each other's actions and moral lives and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So from what I can understand, is they are kind of the same person, but the restraints that the Phoenix Force is driving, like the Phoenix Force wants to consume power. It's all about the circle of life like it's okay. all about life but it's all also all about destruction and so gene starts to mm-hmm. like not have the checks in the morality and so when the phoenix form merges with a human host the checks on morality kind of are are, are questionable and so with the deception and everything that um 
mastermind had over her those kind of barriers and she wasn't able to keep that in check as much gotcha yeah mm. Mm. so after she kind of destroys and kills billions of people uh the shiar empire detects the destruction and empress liliandra recognizes kind of the severity of the situation um the destruction of an entire star system is typically not great and is considered what a quote <laughs> cosmic level crime okay. and uh, they then deem Dark Phoenix a universal threat that needs to be dealt with. Fair. So, yeah, no, I like honestly, that's a fairly reasonable take. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to argue too much with them there. Um, so, Liliandra declares Dark Phoenix, Jean, she must be destroyed to prevent further catastrophe. The X Men kind of take issue with that. And so they challenge the Shi'ar Imperial Guard to a duel in defense of their teammate. They have a trial by combat on the moon, which is pretty cool. That leads to a pretty epic battle. And during that battle, Jean kind of comes to realize that the Dark Phoenix is too powerful and dangerous to be controlled. And so she kind of starts to gain a little bit of that control back and understand that kind of what she may do is not super great. And so the only way that she can ensure safety of the universe is to kind of take her own life. And so she takes Cyclops Scott away from the battle and shares a heartfelt goodbye with him. Um, she tells him that she loves him and she has to do this to protect everyone. Scott did not like that. Um, that was not a, Scott was not a fan of that. And then she found a Kree weapon and she triggers the weapon, allowing it to disintegrate her. Her final moments are kind of filled with a mix of determination, fear and love. So it's like a lot of just a conglomeration of feelings. Okay, so before we go any further, yeah, 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 uh, let's. She blows up a star, kills billions of people, and the X Men are like, "No, you can't arrest her." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's so our friend. Yeah, so who's the real villain of this story? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the usual <laughs> ones. That's it. Yeah, the usual ones. Yeah, it's not her because she realizes like I can't control this. This is a terrible thing, and the best way to save everyone is to get it out of me disintegrating myself apparently um okay yeah yeah but don't worry because all of that the the dark phoenix after crashing into jamaica bay i told you that this would come back turns out that was just a clone of phoenix and so the real gene gray was actually in a cocoon at the bottom of the ocean in jamaica where the oh. initial ship crashed and she came back as phoenix again so oh they, they didn't like killing her off, apparently, so they, they found a loophole in that story. <laughs> oh. Of course. Well, of course we know she's coming back. But... We really need no... I mean, you can't be surprised, right? So, yeah, right? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so that's the rise and fall and rise and fall of Phoenix, then Dark Phoenix, then Phoenix, I guess. That's really cool. Now, but in the game, they're kind of two separate entities, but that's n not true in the comics, right? No, yeah. So they're they're kind of the same. When entity Dark Phoenix the is around. There's no Jean Grey Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Don't know how we get around the unique rule there, but I, 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 I am glad that they chose the Dark Phoenix nemesis no, for Jean Grey because it is kind of you know the thing that she struggles with the most, which is what the nemesis is trying to embody in Marvel Champions. Yeah, I like to think that it's you're seeing like if Dark Phoenix and Phoenix are both out, you're just seeing Jean duality doing different things at different times sure you know flipping between personas that kind of deal so mm. it's a little bit like we got with when we had like venom and stuff so mm. yeah that's a good point yeah 
I like that. I do know a little bit. I, I, I'm, how long between when she's dead and she comes back from her cocoon? Ooh, uh, there's a good gap there, I believe. I, yeah, I mean, it, it was a couple. From a like comic writing perspective, I believe it was a couple of uh, decades, maybe. I, yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> I, I thought there was, it was a, a while there. Yeah, because yeah. Scott or Cyclops is so devastated at the loss of Jean that he ends up falling in love with and marrying Emma Frost, the White Queen, at one point. <laughs> so, hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's a kind of grief. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Well, you we we hinted at like unique rules and game. So clearly. Nelson, Steve, there are cards that we are going to be talking about, yes? Yeah. And then I cannot wait to talk about this set after we talk about the cards. All right. So the Phoenix pack you can get in the Mutant Genesis Wave. It has five total cards, three by title, plus the obligation. And Mike always reads the obligation. And he's not here, so I really don't know what to do. (laughs) Um Maybe I'll maybe I'll read it. How you do it, sound? Steve. Yeah, okay. I think it's got to be you. Okay. Burning Hunger is Phoenix's obligation. Give to the Jean Grey player. When revealed, if you have the Unleashed trait, search the encounter deck, discard pile, and set aside area for Dark Phoenix and reveal her. Then remove Burning Hunger from the game. If you have the Restrained trait, remove one power counter from Phoenix Force, and this card gains Surge, discard this card with two boost icons steve why do i think this is the greatest obligation in the game because it goes and fetches your nemesis minion correct maybe yeah (laughs) shadow of the past sort of sort of yeah actually no it it is it is because look well when we get to dark phoenix you'll see why it more or less is shadow of the past and it's always going to come back unless it does that devastating thing right Right. It is so, very different than other obligations. Oh, and it's right. wildly different. And for those of you who have played, and we'll, are we going to talk a little bit about what it's like to play Jean Grey and Phoenix? Yeah, we sure. kind of have to a little bit as we talk <laughs> about the set, right? Yeah. Like, how often are you unleashed? That you know, like was that a rhetorical question, or was, <laughs> that was well, not the a real one? I think it's pretty valid because, like, there's some ways of playing her to kind of like wait to become unleashed until near the very end. Yeah, and so play her somewhat restrained. There's also a way of playing her. It's like I need to be unleashed as quickly as I can to just really power up. And obviously, this becomes a little more threatening if you go the early unleashed route, right? So, but Nelson, you asking me if it was rhetorical means that you have a way of playing (laughs) Jean Grey. So, how do you do it? So, so typically, I'm playing solo, and in solo, I like to try and stay stay restrained as long as I can until I'm ready to go for that victory. However, yeah. that does change if I see Burning Hunger and Shadow of the Past in those first couple of rounds. If I see those, then I'm more apt to go restrained because the downsides are less prevalent. Right. I see. All right. So let's we don't normally talk about the hero cards, but let's let me let's just talk about the the Phoenix Force card for a second. Okay. So this is a permanent upgrade that Jean Grey starts with in play. It starts on what's called the restrained side. And you have the restrained trait, and there's a force response after the last power counter is removed from here. Flip this card, because when you start the game, there are four power counters on it. And you can spend those power counters to generate a wild resource, um, and you can make a recovery to put a power counter back. So it's sort of like playing with fire. Uh, to <laughs> Are you going to spend these resources 
but get closer to unleashing the Phoenix Force, or are you, you know, you're not going to. And so eventually you're going to spend those power counters. The card's going to flip to the unleashed side, which is also permanent. You get the unleashed trait. And Phoenix gets minus two thwart and plus two attack, which totally flips her stats from a 3-1 to a 1-3. So she goes from a thwarter, a basic thwarter to a basic attacker. And then after a power counter is put back there, if there's four or more, you flip it back to restrain. So you have to you have to find ways to put tokens back in order to become restrained again. So, yeah, it's very, it's a little different, right? Um, and of course, her, her kit cards change whether you're unleashed or restrained a little bit. Right, and they add or remove tokens as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the obligation is different as you don't get a choice to flip. There's no way to get rid of it. It's just going to do its thing. It's going to either move you closer to being unleashed or if you are unleashed, it's going to open up the floodgates to Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so I think it's it's really fun. It's yeah. so good. Oh yeah, I, I'm glad to see that we have a little bit more diversity in some of these obligations that we're seeing. We're seeing some of that in the new packs as well, where uh, the obligation isn't just the standard flip exhaust, and we're starting to see some more of these persistent obligations, which can keep some of those power levels in check. And so I I I was very happy when I saw this obligation. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the room. Not only does it remove a power counter, right? If you're, but it also surges. So that's because removing one power counter, while it can kind of mess up your plans, it isn't humongous. But then surging as well is pretty nice. Just remember, like Iron Heart's ability was, you know, remove a token from her, and you're like, whoopee, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, she's a teenager, so they have to be. Oh right, right, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about. The the villain of the hour here. Okay, so Dark Phoenix is uh, more difficult than some of the stage one villains. So it starts with a two scheme, two attack, and 12 hit points. Ooh. She has steady, toughness, and villainous. Oh. And so whenever she activates, she gets one of those boost cards. And then whenever she's revealed, we search the encounter deck, discard pile, and set aside area pretty much anywhere you can think about. And reveal consume the world, and this is important because her scheme is actually tied to consume the world. Which I can I transition to consume the world? No, we probably should talk about them together. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So whenever Dark Phoenix schemes, she has a little asterisk. It states that whenever threat would be placed on the main, it is instead placed on consume the world, which is a permanent side scheme, and it has a. It starts with six threat. If it ever gets to twelve threat. Players lose, or I guess the villains win. I should say, right? The villains yeah, win the game. The villains win, yeah. <laughs> and then it has an amplify <laughs> token. And if there's ever zero threat, that amplify goes away. And so it's kind of this power struggle of is Dark Phoenix going to be scheming? It's an alternate loss condition, which is just so cool to see because I guess like if you consume the world, you no longer care about what Norman Osborn is doing. Dark Phoenix is one, and Green Goblin lost, but right. Yeah. yeah, everyone loses, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So both of these cards have three boost icons. Oof. Now, consume the world is permanent, so once it's out, it's out. So the right. boost icons don't make too much of a difference. But Dark Phoenix also has the elite trait, which I think is important because a lot of things can't target her, um, and the cosmic entity tra- entity trait, which is fun. It's just something new. But <laughs> yeah, let's, so let's let's uh, let's let's look at those together, Daniel. You seem to really enjoy this. You got any thoughts? I just think this shows up on the table, this combo. I, and it, 
literally changes everything because you're fighting two villains. Yeah. Um, and and you're and you're right, Nelson. She's <laughs> better than a number of stage <laughs> one villains. Um, and the fact that she's steady, like you're not you're not confusing her very easily, right? So she's gonna work off her scheme. You have to split, you really have to split your strategy and what you're thinking about. Uh, she's amazing. And if she shows up early, like a first round shadow of the past, <laughs> oh my God, is that fun? Now, when we played Steve, she came yeah. out kind of late. And so her, we were able to kind of win the turn she showed up, I think. Right. I think the tactic against her is kill her, right? Kill her off as quick as you possibly can. So, I think you have to go right after her. You you start ignoring the villain. You're like, I got to take her out because that, that scheme, that two scheme, which is with villainous, which means she's getting boosts, but it's not just two. You could be putting, you know, four or more on. And then normally you're like, Oh, I want to thwart the main or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, you got to worry about consume the world, get to 12. Right. Um, So in a, in a three player game, that's often what the three players do. And that just gives the villain like a whole turn to do their thing. And mm-hmm. I, and then she just gets discarded, right? It's not <laughs> right. She comes back. She'll come yes. back. She'll come like back. A, she'll Phoenix Firebird. You know, you're playing against those villains like Claw or something that just sort of rip through their encounter. Debt. Like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Phoenix cycle is all about like the cycle of life. And so when she dies, she comes back. It's very thematic in that sense. Now the real problem, <laughs> and I think they had to maybe do this for balance, but I wish that dark Phoenix also said as a, like, if she comes out as a boost, she's just revealed. <laughs> um, or, or yeah, or like shuffle, shuffle her back in or something like that. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of something, because I think like if she shows up once early and you take her out and then you don't have to worry about her again, that's too bad. Yeah, you're almost hoping for that three boost icon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the side scheme has, we've seen a similar sort of thing on the side scheme. I think we have a permanent um, zero tolerance. Doesn't that have, that's like a permanent side scheme that you like, you want to get to zero, if I'm thinking correctly. But you do want to, not, not just because you don't want to lose at 12, or you don't want to let the Phoenix consume the world, right. but you want to get rid of the amplify icon too. So you do want to get it down to zero. And there, there's a f- some cards out there that will add threat to it, but really it's just Phoenix herself who's going to do it. Um, right. Master plan, you know, might, would add threat back to it, things like that. But Sure. And, Steve, there is one more card in this set. That oh. we All right, let's talk about that, Daniel. You didn't get to read one. And there's three of them, Steve and Nelson. It's called Fiery Rage. It is a treachery peril. So while you are resolving this, folks, other players can't help you. Now, when revealed... If Dark Phoenix is in play, she activates against you. Awesome. So the peril means no one's defending for you. Not, and like you, you got to figure it out. Now, if she's not in play, place a threat on Consume the World in this card gains Surge and also has two. I wish it was, if she's not in play, go get her. Go fetch her. Yeah. And put a thing on Consume the World. And put a threat and Surge. And she activates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think I think that would have been nice if this was a way to get her back into play. I mean, from Nelson's story, the Dark Phoenix should be an almost constant threat, correct? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. And so thematically, she should be in play more often than not. 
Yeah, you could have done if Dark Phoenix is not in play, place one threat and consume the world and go find her. And go find right? her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't need to also activate and it doesn't need to search, but it should, yeah, could go fetch her. So, right. Um, yep. The other thing that I was kind of hoping to see with Fiery Rage is a boost effect that would somehow interact with Consume the World. Maybe like put one threat on Consume the World to trigger that Amplify. So maybe you have one boost icon and then the boost effect to place a threat. So it's always giving that Amplify back and getting that back in. So everyone down the table that's also going to be taking some villain activations is going to be in more trouble. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a subtle but important difference to the card. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's annoying because you have to spend more resources taking out the threat that was added. Because a lot of times in my Phoenix games, I reduce that consume the threat to zero to kill off Dark Phoenix. And if she never comes back out, it's just those three threat with fiery rage. And that's fine. But I wish that there was something else that was able to get threat on consume the world. So it'd be a little bit more of an issue for me. Sure. As if this nemesis that needed more issues, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's just so much fun. We want to interact with it as much as we can. Yeah, that's there the you thing. go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So Dark Phoenix herself is, of course, also missing Quick Strike. But I guess yes. it could fit it yeah. on the card. <laughs> but I would trade Toughness for Quick Strike. Oof. Well, the, I, I guess, but the Quick Strike doesn't, doesn't add anything to consume the world. So, Well, it could. Just, well, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Um, but she could have, like, the when revealed, she what? activates against you yeah. instantly kind of thing or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Steve, when when are they going to have the brainy version of Quick Strike? Yeah, quick, Ooh, quick thinking. Just, quick, yeah. quick thinking or quick, yeah, I don't know. Fast planning? I don't, Fast I don't plan. know. We have not <laughs> seen that at all, but, right? That's not a thing. There are, there are no... Minions like, that when they enter play immediately scheme. scheme. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, See? Yeah. More hero bias. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, there's a couple advances. That's it. <laughs> when you guys are playing, how how do you feel about this set? Does it like make you think, okay, everything's changing and we've got to do we gotta play the game different? Because does it have a big global effect? Like it's clearly intended to? Like, is the lived version of it as good as how it reads or the abstract version of it on paper kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have a a few decks that I've played with Phoenix. Uh, I prioritize an ability to cancel uh, shadow the past. So that it just doesn't show up. I mean, if she never comes out, if you never get shadow the past, you're fine. Steve, are you you saying that you don't play with the critical house, (laughs) critical encounters house rule that that card can't be canceled? I I don't. Not often. (laughs) Folks, folks, please write in. Please. please All right, there's two. There's two. two Oh my gosh! Heroes when you play that shadows the past just wrecks you. This one, Valkyries just absolutely devastates her. (laughs) I don't no, like spiders. It doesn't either, wreck so. you, Steve. It is meant to balance the power of the hero card. Okay. Yeah. Well, for Phoenix, that, Phoenix that, yeah, that uh. feels fair for Jean Grey. It does not feel fair for Valkyrie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I no. guess, yeah, I'll stop doing that. So You heard you it here first, folks. Oh. You, you've convinced me. I'll stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, so I do think that this influences my play more so than a lot of the other heroes 
when I'm thinking about their Nemesis set, and mainly it's because of the Burning Hunger obligation being effectively right. another Shadows of the, Shadow of the Past. And so I do play around with it more so, also just because her mechanics interact with her Nemesis set more so than a lot of the other heroes with that unrestrained mm. and restrained side. And so it's very much a tug of war between have I seen Burning Hunger, have I seen Shadow of the Past, or have I seen both of them and I can just kind of go full unleashed and not worry about seeing Dark Phoenix until we shuffle that deck up. And since I play a lot of solo, if I see those in the first couple, maybe as boost cards and I don't, they don't ever get to activate, then very rarely am I shuffling that encounter deck again. Right. So at that point, I can go full restrained, um, especially if I have other ways to manage threat other than the three threat. Um, but yeah, so I, I do a lot more cognizant decision-making with Phoenix mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her nemesis set than many other heroes in the game. Now, Nelson, do you think that Phoenix is a super strong hero that requires this type of nemesis? I thought so at first. I think with her, mm. her, co- her cost of her kit is very high. And so when I was initially looking at her cards... I thought that this was going to be one of the more powerful heroes in the game. Getting her to the table, a lot of her cards are more difficult to power or to play. Now, mm-hmm. I do think that that is going to change a little bit in the conversation with Psylocke, and we get the power of, um, what is it? Power of Psionic? Yeah. Yeah, whatever that's. Whatever, whatever that one on is, that. where it doubles yeah. the resources generated for Psionic cards, and she has a lot of Psionic cards. So I think that's going to help with the cost problems that she's going to see in her kit mainly like if she mm-hmm. is restrained a lot of her cards are significantly overcosted for what they're doing and so you're fi- i'm finding myself leaning more into the aspect and the deck build at that point and so i cool. she okay. i think that she she seemed stronger before i got her on the table but i'm excited to revisit her once we get some new psionic cards awesome so i do suggest folks when they play phoenix that you throw in the Whispers of Paranoia modular set that has the old grudge card, which <laughs> makes you go fetch Dark Phoenix and give her an extra hit point, Lucky 13. So is that um, just so you can cancel another treachery, Steve? No, it's a, an attachment. So you, you know, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, gross. But that's fun because it has a card that goes and gets consumed the world. It has a card that goes and gets Dark Phoenix. And no, then uh, I think Down to Earth has the card that fetches your obligation. So that's a fun mm. one to put in when you're playing Phoenix. So, yeah, yeah. We we played at Con of Heroes, one of the and uh, the the new standard set that we used at the 2023 Con of Heroes had a lot to do with dealing with the Nemesis set, and we had a Phoenix player at the table, and we saw Dark <laughs> Phoenix over and over, and we 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 switched heroes. It it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. That's so great. Yeah, so one of the organizers came over and like we didn't know what this set was looking like, but one of the organizers came over and they saw Phoenix and like, oh, you're gonna have a good time. Like that's gonna be, it's gonna be kind of tough. So nice. we didn't believe him, but we did after the fact. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I we we weren't able to go to Cotton Heroes, but I have seen those cards and yeah, they target your nemesis <laughs> a lot. So yeah, awesome. I'm glad that there are those things out there. Yeah. All right, we've talked about this for a little bit, but let's let's give it a general rating. So Nelson, what we normally do is like a letter grade, right? A plus is really, really good. Maybe you could go S tier, that kind of thing. Um, but we're going to let Daniel go first so that he, he can give his thoughts and then we'll. Thank you. We'll rate Thank it. you, Steve. 
I'm going to give this set an A, and it's not an A plus because I want Fiery Rage to be a little different. There you have it. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Uh, uh, Nelson, what do you think? Yeah, I'm also going to settle on an A. I, I also think that Fiery Rage could have been different, or we could have gotten, uh, received some variety in the cards. We get three copies of Fiery Rage. That being said, I love how this interacts with her kit. It's something that is more unique than what we've seen in the past. And so seeing this push-pull on Restrained and Unleashed, bringing these into play, I thought was really, really cool. So I'm going to give it an A. All right. And I uh, never admit anything or commit to something that way can be used <laughs> against me. So, But I think you guys are right. I think you're right in the right ballpark there with that grade. So, um, <laughs> Well, thank you, know, Steve. <laughs> what we have discovered is in this Mutant Genesis wave, we are seeing very interesting minions. We're seeing unique modular sets. Like, they've definitely changed things up on us, right? Mystique, um, the White Queen. Like, there's a lot of neat and interesting mechanics that we hadn't got before. So I really am loving the mutants. Yeah. yeah, Totally agree. Well, Nelson, it's been great having you on. Um, do you have any upcoming streams that folks should go and check out or anything you're particularly proud of you want folks to go and, and click on your channel? Yeah, so I don't know if I necessarily have any upcoming streams that are out of the ordinary. I typically am streaming Marvel Champions on Mondays at around 10 a.m. Eastern time. And so that's when you can find me. And then I post all the videos on YouTube. So I stream on Twitch and post everything on YouTube. So, All right. Well, we'll link all of his stuff so you guys can find it out there. And Daniel, if they want to find us, how are they going to do that? Folks, if you would also like to share your feelings about Steve not playing with the critical encounters <laughs> role that you can not cancel Shadow of the Past, feel free to tell Steve about it at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel or Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, Wandering Took, who is not here, and Nelson all over. Now, if you like our show, Tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Dark Phoenix, take us out. I am fire and life incarnate, now and forever. I am Phoenix. Oh, well, one of the. Oh, go ahead, Nelson. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, you're <gonna laughs> tell a story. Tell a story. <laughs> yeah.